Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is National Weather Service Warning Coordination Meteorologist Chance Hayes. Good morning, Chance. Welcome to Issues 2021. Hi, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. And, you know, we've done this spring severe weather update every year, it seems, for several years. Uh, how, how long have you been with the, uh, with the weather service in Wichita? Boy, I actually transferred into Wichita back in May of 1995, so... You know, when you look at the staffing at our office, I am uh, the, next to the top of the list in old timers at the office. So I've been at it for quite a while here in Wichita. So what what did you do? Where were you before that, Chance? I took my first job uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, I was I was just a, a good old boy from Oklahoma, graduated from OU, and and you know, my first uh, passion was to try and be on uh, television as a meteorologist. That didn't quite work out, so. I got into federal government, went to Louisville, Kentucky. I actually fell in love with that community. Uh, you know, if, if folks ever have a need to go on a vacation somewhere, I highly encourage Louisville, Kentucky. There's a lot to do, especially wow. around Derby Week. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, and then after that, uh, transferred to Wichita. You know, and you, you say you grew up in Oklahoma. I, was there a, an event in your childhood or something? I know you probably had plenty of severe weather. Uh, around you did you ever see a tornado or something something that said hey i, I want to do this for a living you know as for tornadoes i took shelter i wasn't one of those that <laughs> went out chasing and and searching for them all the time and maybe that's why i'm in the position i am at trying to teach people how to stay safe uh, but you know i played a little bit of baseball in college and uh, i always found myself looking up to the skies and and uh, looking at the clouds and the weather as well as the jet airplanes that flew over my ball field every day there at Tinker Air Force Base. And when I uh, pulled out the book for OU and said, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Meteorology was the only uh, degree that seemed to pique my interest. And so that's where it began, and and that's where I'm at today. You're lucky you didn't take a line drive in the coconut out there while you were doing that. (laughs) Well, I had a few of those uh, over the years. Uh, Chance, tell us about the uh, National Weather Service Forecasting Centers in in Kansas. We know you have one in Wichita near Eisenhower Airport. Where are the others? You know, we actually have seven offices that serve the state of Kansas. Uh, the offices that actually reside in the state are, are in Dodge City, Kansas, uh, Goodland, and Topeka. However, there's a, a few other offices. Springfield, Missouri has uh, a few counties in far southeast part of the state. Pleasant Hill, Missouri, which is just outside of Kansas City, has some counties in the Kansas City metro area. 
And then Hastings, Nebraska has some in far north central. So we have a very dense network of weather service offices that serve the state of Kansas, uh, uh, much more so than many areas across the country. Now, how are they backed up? Should there be a, a failure of some kind? What, what happens if, if you, Eisenhower, you guys in Wichita go offline for some reason? Well, we have what we call a primary and a secondary backup, uh, and it's very seamless. We just call them up and say, hey, we're going to be down for just a little bit for some unknown reason. And uh, Topeka is our primary, and they'll just take over uh, responsibilities for us immediately, just like they're here. Uh, if Topeka is busy, we can roll it over to Dodge City, Kansas, and they can then become our secondary backup, just like they're here in Wichita as well. And of late, we've really started working on a, a third layer of security. It's called a tertiary backup. And sometimes I can roll up to Rapid City, South Dakota. Well, uh, I got to tell you, so many, well, there are critics of, how can I put this, critics of the federal government and federal services. But I'll tell you what, the National Weather Service, to me, uh, it's money well spent. You guys do a heck of a job out there. It's, it, you're public servants all the way. Well, we really appreciate that, and that's one of the things we really strive uh, hard for is we understand part of our title is, is service, and we're there to serve the people as best we can and in any fashion, be it the watches, the warnings, the statements, uh, education through presentations, uh, social media. We just want to get the information to the people so that they can make the best decisions they can uh, and then also act whenever the hazardous weather moves in. Let's talk about uh, winter weather for just a moment. Uh, <laughs> that was some cold snap we had for a, a couple of weeks there. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it was. It was a, a historic cold outbreak for us. You know, we if we didn't break records, we, we neared many records uh, dating back all the way into the 1800s. And it's, you know, it may be an air mass that some people may never uh, experience again in their lifetime, or it was the only time they may experience something of this magnitude. Now, weather-wise, we've had it pretty easy during the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic's been so much trouble. That's kind of a, uh, a gift from God, I guess. Tell us about the tornado warnings across Kansas last spring and summer. Well, you know, it was kind of interesting, and we were talking a little bit about this last night uh, uh, with folks at the office. Uh, National Weather Service Wichita only issued two tornado warnings last year for the 26 counties that we serve. And we serve areas from Russell and Lincoln and Salina straight south to the Kansas border uh, with Oklahoma. And then we go east almost to the Missouri border. So we, it's kind of an L shape there. And, and, and that's just an oddity because typically we're somewhere around 35 to 45 tornado warnings in a given year. Uh, but last year we only had two, and there were no confirmed tornadoes in our 26 counties, which was a first uh, since we really started keeping uh, diligent records back in 1950. Oh, that is so unreal. And so when you look at that and see how much damage was done, you can't really can't really say, can you? Or, or was there any, some damage? No. no, no. I mean, all the damage that we have was due to strong straight line winds. Uh, with squall lines or a, a stronger what we, squall line that we call a bow echo, where the storms actually bow out and the winds are much stronger along the apex of that. Uh, so we had some significant wind damage, especially far southeast Kansas. 
but uh, none due to tornadoes last year. You talk about that straight straight wind type thing, and and uh, I've been out in those before. Those are those can be pretty scary. I mean, you've got a, a squall line there, and that wind's adjusting up over sixty miles an hour. And if you've ever been out in that, that that'll get your attention in a hurry. Well, it'll definitely get your attention. I know you like to get out there and 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 run and jog quite a bit, and you know, hopefully. Uh, you and others, when they're going to be partaking in activities outside, check the forecast and also check that radar and make sure those storms aren't moving in. But, yeah, those squall lines pack a pretty good punch. You know, and there's a fancy term for a, a long-lived, strong squall line, and we call it a derecho. And those winds can easily get upwards of 100-plus miles an hour. And it's very isolated on a very narrow path. And it resembles the damage almost identical to that of tornadoes. You know, when I was an avid runner, <laughs> I don't do it as much as you, but several years ago, I got caught out on, a, I think it was a Sunday morning, like 8 or 9 o'clock, and a hailstorm came up in Wichita, and I think these hail balls were as big as baseballs almost. And I'm out there Ooh. trying to find a place under a tree, <laughs> and my wife fortunately showed up in the car <laughs> and got me out of there. But, yeah, it's, it's good to check the weather before you go out on these things. Uh, oh, no question about it. Any idea what kind of storm season this time around? And it's pretty, probably pretty hard to tell, but maybe you've got some con- computer models that you're looking at for the for the next few months. Uh, anything there, you think? You know, that's another thing that we've been talking about. You know, we've, we've with the quiet, severe weather season, we've done a little bit of research. And, you know, a lot of folks are familiar with what we call El Nino, which is a warming of the waters off the Pacific coast all the way down to South America, and it influences the weather here in the United States. But we're moving into what we call a La Nina, or a neutral phase type period. And when we move into that type of period in the past, we've had a fairly active severe weather season uh, here in Kansas and in the Plains and then over into the Ohio Valley. So as of right now, we're anticipating it. Well, it's definitely going to be more active than last year. I, I can almost guarantee that. But uh, it, it looks like it is going to go into an active period uh, as we move into late March and into April. Now, this first week in March is devoted to uh, storm awareness. What activities are, are uh, planned by your team uh, the first week in March? Well, first and foremost, what folks need to remember is that we are going to have a test tornado drill on the 2nd of March at 10 a.m. Uh, where we're going to issue uh, a simulated tornado warning. And uh, weather permitting, uh, we may hear the sirens go off, the weather radios will go off. However, the wireless emergency alerts that are on everybody's phones when tornado warnings are issued for their particular area will not uh, sound for that uh, particular test. Uh, and then we're just asking folks to, to safely uh, think about their tornado uh, procedures when it comes to, to safety. What would we do? Where would we go? And then how long would we stay there? And, and that's where we tell folks, you know, you need to go to your shelter and you need to turn on a radio or a television and get the information from our media partners to know when it's safe for them to come back out. Now, one of the things that you have done over the past several years, which I think is a really great idea, is uh, storm fury uh, on the plains. Are you going to be able to do that this year with the pandemic going on? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, it, it's a staple for our office. You know, we've been doing this since uh, the early 90s and probably even into the late uh, 80s, a long time ago. 
Yeah, it's a way for us to get out into the community and meet the people and let them get to know us so that we can build that trust that, you know, that we're here for them. But they're also there for us because we like to train them on what to look for in the clouds and recognize certain features that help us uh, recognize that it's probably a little bit stronger or more severe of a storm so that we can get that safety information like the watches and the warnings out there just a little bit quicker. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go out in person this year, which I love doing that. Uh, we are going to have to do this one uh, virtually this year. So we are going to put on six presentations, and all they have to do is go to weather.gov slash Wichita, and there's a link at the top of our page where they can go online and register to uh, join us on one of those sessions. Okay, weather, weather.gov slash Wichita, right? That, that is correct. And how much do you charge for that? What do you know? <laughs> Oh, it, it's always free of charge. Uh, we, we don't put a charge on there. You know, it's a public service. That's how we look at it. And, and it's a public service that I absolutely love. I mean, I've gotten to know folks across those 26 counties over the years and have become friends. So it, 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 it's nice to get out there. Chance, uh, and I don't want to be too serious about this, but on the other hand, Doing that over the years, so many times, so many years, you, you got to think that some information got out there that saved somebody's life, at least a few. What do you think? Oh, there's no question. You know, here in Kansas, I think we're pretty resilient and, and very weather savvy, and we know when we need to go to shelter. And I mean, I, I think we've just got that sense, you know, that sixth sense that we understand that. But there are folks that do move into the area, and we like to educate them on, on the steps that they need to take to, to remain safe, what to look for, what to listen for, and, and when to act. And, you know, my goal every year is if I can provide information to help uh, keep one person from being injured or in harm's way or, in a worst case, you know, lose their life, I've done my job. And, and so I try and gauge it from that standpoint is give them everything that we possibly can hoping that they're going to take the right actions. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is National Weather Service Warning Coordination uh, Meteorologist Chance Hayes. What do you want us to know, Chance, and, and remember about tornado safety? Oh, I'm glad you brought that one up, Steve, because I was going to go there at some point in time. You know, one of the things that really concerns me to an extent are overnight tornadic storms. Uh, we've seen two situations within the last year, just recently in North Carolina. And then uh, last year we had the tornado move through uh, central Tennessee. And unfortunately it was during the overnight hours and there were some injuries and some fatalities with those tornadoes. And, and what concerns me is, is one, not everybody has a, a NOAA weather radio, which I understand that, you know, that's, that's one great source that's going to alert them in the middle of the night when storms move in because uh, it just sits there idle and quiet until we pull that trigger and then the uh, the sirens or the tones go off and those folks can get to shelter. Let's do the wireless emergency alerts. But not everybody has a weather radio. If they do, sometimes they have it turned off or turned down. But the wireless emergency alerts that's on everybody's uh, mobile phones, uh, it's free of charge from the government and their cell phone partners. A lot of people will actually mute their phones during the overnight hours. And so I want them just, and I'm sorry I'm rambling on, 
it's I'm passionate about it is check the weather, you know, be it on the weather radio, be it on commercial radio, be it on television. And if storms are going to be possible overnight, keep your phone on and don't mute it or do not disturb. That way you'll get the alerts that you need. Absolutely. Because if you issue a watch for a wide area tornado watch, then the possibility of tornadoes coming up anytime uh, over the next six, six or eight hours or however that long watch is, that's you got to be up. You got to be aware of what's going on around you, right? Oh, no question about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it saves lives. We've heard many stories about uh, mobile devices and the wireless emergency alerts, uh, uh, waking folks up in the middle of the night and letting them know a storm's moving in their direction, and they need to go to shelter, and they did. Well, and they took a direct hit, and, and they survived. And well, and if, if case in point, Hayesville, the tornado at Hayesville was middle of the night, was it not? Uh, it was in the uh, late evening hours. It was after dark. Yeah. In, in fact, if I recall correctly, I can only remember seeing one picture right near sunset of that tornado when it was south in between uh, Sumner and Sedgwick County oh, okay. before it moved into Hayesville. Yeah. Now, which, yeah. which states traditionally have the most tornadoes, Chance? Well, you know, when you look at the numbers overall, Texas is going to have the most uh, just because it's so Big. large. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But typically, when you think of the number of tornadoes, uh, Oklahoma usually comes to mind, as does Kansas, especially over about a 10-year time frame around the early 2000s. We were averaging over 100 tornadoes per year in the state of Kansas, which is more than anywhere else there for that time frame. Uh, But if you look at things now, uh, since 1950, our average is is somewhere in the mid-60s on the number of tornadoes. And last year, the state only had 17, by the way. Now, when we talk about severity of tornadoes, you have that uh, the scale, the Fujita scale or whatever, and we use F3, F4, and throw that around a little bit. But uh, I don't think people realize a lot of them how that is actually, how you actually come to that determination of how, how strong the tornado was. You have to go out afterwards, do you not? No question. Uh, basically, you know, uh, it's a damage scale. So we have to go out and assess the damage that occurred uh, from the tornado. You know, many times here in Kansas, very rural, we'll have a tornado touchdown out in the middle of a of a field, and no damage will occur, and we have to deci- uh, assign that one an EF, Enhanced Fujita, unknown, because we really can't tell how strong that tornado was because no damage occurred. Uh, so, of course, the more damage that occurs, especially with the better constructed structures, are going to get the higher ratings. And and I know we had a pretty strong one a uh, year before last, I believe, uh, up in the Lawrence area uh, that caused a lot of significant damage. Uh, so uh, that's one of my goals, or not goals, but tasks after a tornado occurs, is to actually go out and work with the local partners to assess damage and rate the tornado. Tell us about lightning dangers. You know, that's, that's another scary one for me. I'm just like everybody else. I love being outdoors. I know I'm working in the yard, going fishing, going golfing, uh, maybe walking on occasion. And, you know, lightning can strike well ahead or behind a thunderstorm, up to 10 miles away. So, I mean, theoretically, you could have clear blue skies and lightning can strike you. Mm. And to give folks an example, if you have a thunderstorm that's centered over the top of Goddard, those folks in West Wichita have the, the potential to be struck by lightning. Uh, and they would say it's out of the clear blue sky because the thunderstorm is actually about 10 miles away. Uh, but lightning, uh, it's extremely dangerous. We take too many risks 
thinking that it's not going to happen to us when, in fact, more people are injured and killed due to lightning uh, than tornadoes ever. Yeah, and, year. and when you think about that, think about your evening uh, softball and baseball games and uh, and your golf times when you did that because, yeah, it could, that thing could come and zap you 10 miles away. Uh, hey, talk, well, Absolutely. Talk a little bit about flood safety because I know that's a concern every year. <laughs> it is, and you know, a lot of folks can go back uh, just recently and remember the flooding there on I-35 in Sumner County uh, near Wellington with the roads that were underwater. Uh, during the daytime, fortunately, we can see water over the road many times, and, and we have to make a choice. Do I drive across it or do I not? Well, hopefully they're not going to drive across those water-covered roads because sometimes those roads could have been washed out and they can fall into a sinkhole. I, I hear of that every single year, uh, but at nighttime, it's extremely dangerous because as you're traveling with your headlights and it hits that uh, that low water crossing or the water over the roadway, you really can't tell because the water acts like a mirror and reflects your, your headlights. So you're thinking that you're just driving into the roadway and unfortunately you drive right into that low water crossing and if the water's moving fast enough and deep enough, uh, it can wash the vehicles away and it, you know, it's just scary, especially at night, because we just can't see it. Yeah, we've had a couple of incidents. I remember the one up uh, on the turnpike uh, north of east near Emporia a few years ago where a van got yes. washed away. Hey, uh, we're, yes. we're getting close here on, on time. Uh, tell, talk a little bit about uh, the media's role in getting out the word on storms. And I'm not just talking about us on radio. I mean, TV does a terrific job, and there are other, other social media platforms to talk about the importance of of media and what you guys are trying to do. Well, and quickly, I just really cherish the partnership that we have with with you all in the radio industry and also the television industry. Uh, The media is not a hype machine. The media understands weather. They know when folks need to take cover, and they provide every bit of information that they can to keep folks safe. And what's unique about this area, in my opinion, is we have – the groups of spotters associated with television and radio that will actually send folks out into the communities and report on the weather that's moving into their area. And the most important thing, in my opinion, is ground truth reports coming from folks in the area. That's what gets people to act because they can say, okay, you know, John Doe's experiencing that weather, and they're just outside of Mays. So I know that storm is there. I need to take cover. So you, you put a, a, a reality with it, which I think folks uh, will take a little bit more personal responsibility on that. And you folks in the radio industry and television industry just do a fantastic job. And that's why I refer to all of us as a weather enterprise. It's not the radio stations, TV stations, and the weather service. We all work together, and same way with the private industry in the area. We all work together as a weather enterprise to keep folks safe. And and our computer screens here, as we're covering the storms, there is a program where we can bring up uh, actual uh, spotter information uh, from the field and share that with the public uh, on our coverage. And it's 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 pretty interesting. It's a neat deal. I mean, we like you say, we got people there with eyeballs out there on the storm. What's going on? Absolutely. It helps every single one of us in that uh, decision process. 
Well, I'm 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 looking forward to. Uh, I hope we always we hope nothing major happens, but uh, you know we're probably going to have a few at least severe thunderstorm warnings, and those can be uh, interesting if they affect the area. And uh, we'll we, we'll uh, keep people posted as we have for so many years. And again, chance as always, I want to thank you and the folks at the National Weather Service because y'all do a great job. I know it's not just a paycheck for you guys. You know, no, it isn't, and I relish the time we have together. And, and as usual, we can always go a lot longer than the 24 minutes, Steve. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, thanks again for spending some time with us. And uh, you guys are going to be busy, and uh, and uh, stay safe out there by the airport. I know where your office is. And I've been out there in the middle of the night and seen the deer running across the road out there. That's quite a deal. <laughs> All right, Chance. Hey, thanks a lot. Our guest this week, again, is a National Weather Service Warning Coordination Meteorologist, Chance Hayes, talking about severe weather and some winter weather today as well. That's all for this edition of Issues 2021, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.